Welcome to the audio podcast, the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. We continue our multi-access worship both online and our recently renovated sanctuary. Sunday morning service is in person at 11 a.m. and we are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. Just want to offer a brief meditation tonight. When we were putting the service together, I suggested this image for the bulletin, which is in a lot of y'all's bulletins. And it's beautiful, I think, and no one that I suggested it to contested that. But they did say that it was a little bit somber for the occasion. Right? This is a celebration, this is a holiday, it's a time of joy and peace and hope. And these two don't seem super stoked, right? (laughs) Mary and her baby. And so not wanting to kill anyone's vibe, I picked a different image, which is still close to it, you know, but a little bit, maybe a little bit closer to some of the themes we're trying to celebrate, which was hard to find, too, because all the materials were so commercial and vapid and inhuman, lacking in historical grit and political urgency, because, of course, that's what... Christmas is for so many, and we all get that. Don't need to waste words on it. But I do still want to reflect on this image for just a bit because it's captured my imagination this Advent season. The reality that I think this brings us into is that for Christians, Christmas isn't a final victory. It's not as if this child God arrives into the world and suddenly all is made well. That's manifestly not true. What Christmas is, what its power is, is in the way in which it renews our hope. And that hope isn't a facile, easy, or comfortable hope. It's the hope of those who are looking into the face of death. Those who expected the Messiah who prophesied his coming for century after weary century, were calling their kindred to hope in an act of God that could save them from the oppression that they faced, the alienation that they endured, and the death that hovered just above their heads. This rich genealogy of imagination and hope connected ancestors to inheritors, and they passed it on to their children, praying that the fire of that hope would not die. The flame flickered weak with time. God hadn't come around, and the promise of Emmanuel, of God with us, seemed less and less reasonable and more and more like a vestige of some old-time religion from a bygone generation. It was a hope that lost its home in the hearts and minds of everyday people who were just trying to survive their own brokenness and the terrors of this world and who had no use for dead dreams. But suddenly, into a cold and quiet and sleeping world, a song rings out across the fields in the dead of night, and the trudging night shift workers hear a chorus, glory to God in heaven and peace to her people on earth. And the bewildering, impossible moment has arrived. God has arrived, not to the holy of holies, but to a stinking stable, among working animals into a harrowed young couple who just survived a dangerous journey. 
just survived the mortal threat of childbirth and whose survival would be threatened once again. Jesus is born a fugitive to fugitives who flee a political massacre as their first act in an Emmanuel world. So Mary and her child, how would they have comported themselves in these conditions? What would their joy look like? I absolutely believe in smiles and laughter, hugging and celebrating. That's only human, and these people were eminently human. But after those initial moments, when the reality of their situation set in again, I think their hope, their peace, their joy, their love, were profoundly sober experiences. They weren't the cheap, puerile platitudes of Christmas convention. They were the lifeblood of fugitives facing dispossession and death. And these things didn't make them and they don't make us happy little Christmas elves. It makes us people of renewed vision, of renewed hope, because God showed up. And that hope which had been lost by so many was finally realized in the most unexpected of ways, not as the final victory, but as a renewal of hope in the struggle. There was a long road ahead of them, as there is for us, but now God is with us, walking alongside us through the pain and disorientation of this world towards an entirely new world. And Jesus our comrade in struggle renews our commitment to a vision that the hopeless would call impossible. So now from you here gathered tonight, I ask a response. Don't be the people who lose hope. There's precious little in this world. Precious little to hold on to, to believe in, to trust, and I know how appealing it is to abandon these promises, peddled by institutions that pretend to peace or justice or progress while robbing people of agency and of their power, but don't capitulate to cynicism. The world will die if you do. That coldness of the night will close in on us and the light of life will go out from the world never to return and the brokenhearted will be lost. Instead, Today, on this night, rediscover and renew your hope that the world can be a place that thrives with meaning and justice, where love isn't an empty, trite banality, but a material work towards which we all struggle, where creation no longer screams and gnashes her teeth in agony because of our sin, but is held in care and repair by a people who have caught a vision. That world doesn't come into existence because we feign happiness and ease. It comes into existence through hard work. We're one of the happiest churches you'll find. Our gatherings are typically an explosion of laughter and kindness and hugs and well wishes. And I've never been happier or among a happier people in all of my life. But that's only the afterglow of hard work. That is what springs from our commitment to building the beloved community. And those commitments aren't easy undertakings. There are moments that erupt in fire and spirit as God is made manifest among us. But the happiness that we make and share with one another is a byproduct of our primary commitment 
to care for one another. Sitting in the hospital waiting room when one of us is sick, isn't happy, holding one another through the searing grief of loss, isn't happy, supporting the healing of those suffering addiction, isn't happy, visiting those who are tortured in our jails and prisons, isn't happy, laying bare the geo-historical cataclysm of anti-blackness, isn't happy. The struggle towards liberation is not preeminently marked by happiness, but through it all there is something deeper than a superficial, affective happiness that sustains us. There is a rich and abiding joy. There is a true and legitimate hope that God is with us, filling our bodies with a spirit that can sustain this deep work, this struggle that commands the inner parts of the earth and the explosive energy of the stars towards a new world where all are loved and fed. Don't you want to be a part of that? Don't you want your Christmases to mean something more than the empty refrains and regurgitations of a corporatized commercial holiday? If so, root yourself here. Root yourself in this community and work alongside us towards something greater than yourself. There is life being born here because this is hope made flesh. Our dreams made real Christ, fresh and new again, living among us. Calling you not to grovel before priests and self-proclaimed prophets, but into an understanding of your own power to hope, your own capacity to struggle, towards that hope in community, standing together with the fugitive and crucified people of the world and making a new reality that is not structured by injustice and oppression, but by hope, peace, joy, and love. And this isn't fanciful. These aren't cheap and easy words. This is your urgent call. Respond to it, because what other call could be greater? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you were fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide multi-access worship options both in person and online Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We are live in the sanctuary as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on both online and in-person worship. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.